0: Dark Satellite Media I'm over here now
1: No need for introduction, it's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. my am up in smoke, sipping McCarty. Till I'm giving my cockies to Jimmy for Barbie And we out, got to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like I gotta put my foot in your ass, Permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn Blast furnace.
0: Yeah, we're up. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Sean Killian from the legendary Bay Area thrash band Violence. What's up, my man? <laughs> what's happening, Jimmy? I'm glad to fucking be here. Ah, uh, bro. Uh, can I switch? What's that? <laughs> can I oh, you swear? can you can say whatever you want, man. Listen, before we get into everything, um, I have to say I just I just actually posted it. I don't I only pretty much post podcast related stuff but I just posted about 15 minutes ago that I'm about to do a Skype thing with you. And I have to admit, I don't care if people can judge me, but like my 15 year old inner self is having like a little bit of a moment. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I came across the band. I'm going to say a little bit late as far as from the band's fruition, but I came across yeah. the band through the the hard and heavy VHS Ration speed metal special tape. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Right here. What? <laughs> okay. That's awesome. That's it.
1: That's awesome.
0: I just read VHS bro? It's a VHS. VH- <laughs> I don't have a VCR anymore. <laughs> but about about awesome. a month ago, yeah, dude, me and my friend Tommy Mitchell, who I who's like my, my oldest best friend what used to watch, like Headbangers Ball, And obviously it was the days of VCRs. So we came across yeah. this and I put it in and it was an interview with the whole band and they did, there was little snippets of calling in the car and a lot. Okay. So from that, from this point on is when I was like, who the fuck is violence? Like now, and then I started getting all the stuff and then studying my lessons about the band. But, um, uh-huh. yeah. So I recently, about a month ago, I've been like rebuying, like my old childhood memories, you know what I mean? Awesome. Like old Fangoria magazines and stuff like that, even though I don't have a VCR, but I was like, you know what? It was like yeah, 20 bucks cool. on eBay. I was like, I want that thing again, you know? Yeah. And it's funny yeah, because yeah. I hit you up and you were cool enough to like, yeah, sounds good. I was like, you know what? I'm going to be stupid and have it right here in that's case you awesome. don't know what it is. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> man, it's great shit. So I was 15 when I watched that. So it's a, this is a very cool thing for me excellent yeah man so now before we started recording i had said that billy from bio has came up with the isolation sessions for this thing because as i also told you i don't do these i never did a video thing or anything over the phone but under the circumstances i see it's fitting and it keeps you entertained and it's a great idea because it keeps it gives me access to somebody like yourself i'm in brooklyn you're in the bay area correct correct in sacramento Sacramento. Okay. So what is it like as far as I mean I'm sure it's relatively the same around the country some worse than others New York City right now is like the hotbed for this whole coronavirus yeah. what, what what's going on out there Uh I don't know um at the Bay Area like the there's
2: seven counties in the Bay Area San Francisco and Oakland and all that Berkeley and uh it's really heavily populated so there it's like kind of A lot more intense as far as you know. Apparently today they shut down all. I work as I work for apartment developer too, so that's my main income. So um, they shut down seven counties in the Barry, No construction. Yeah. So uh, Ah. I have today. And so (laughs) OSHA goes around to these sites if there's a bunch of people working, they go in and find them or shut them down, make sure they're done. So, but where I'm at in Sacramento, we're a lot more spread out, you know? Yeah. So, um, we don't really have, like, I go to the supermarket and, you know, I don't know, dude. I'm not, I mean, I've been through a lot. So it's like, I'm not really. I, you and me I'm, both. I see people driving their cars with a mask on. It's
0: just like, who the fuck else is in <laughs> Yes, yeah, <ass>? I agree. <laughs> I, it it goes to an, to an extreme level that I think is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But. Especially with me, though, like I said to you earlier, I'm on the train every day. And I I even feel stupid, even though nine out of 10 people, even though like the during rush hour in New York City now, yeah. it's like a ghost town. It's very, very bizarre. And I have a mask on when I'm in the subway. And I feel kind of stupid. You know what I mean? I would
2: have a respirator, bro, with the canisters, the cartridges. Oh, yeah. Let's put on a gas
0: mask. Yeah. (laughs) Might (laughs) as well, right? (laughs) You probably need one on a regular basis in New York City on the trains anyway. (laughs) Sometimes it can be a real shit show, man. I
1: know. (laughs) A
0: lot of folks folks live in a small area. (laughs) Yeah, man. We're all on top of each other over here. So I get that. I get that's why it's so crazy. I mean. You want
2: to be smart. You want to be
0: safe, right? Yeah. You want to be reasonable and exactly. You you want to be out there
2: being an asswipe and right. Again, you don't want to be hysterical and panicked and right. Be like the lemmings running right off the edge of the cliff. Oh, there's so many of them. Yeah, and I got you know Will Carroll. You know, I'm praying for him every day. He's still in the hospital. Drummer for Death Angel. Yes. And uh, he's dealing with that right now. So it's uh yeah you know, so it's ser- it's real, but it's not a reason to I don't know it's, it's society it's kind of yeah. mad, kind of lost
0: yeah uh, it's it, it, it's the, the the whole fear thing i mean the, the media yeah. doesn't help everyone just yeah. gets scared all. and just follows the pack and it's like mass hysteria in places. It's crazy struck me the most yeah,
2: wasn't Chuck Billy also diagnosed? yeah, he and Tiffany were, and i, I apparently uh, Gary. Uh, his result, Gary Holt, his result came back positive, but he's fine. I mean, he's, it's, you know, like, I'm highly susceptible because of my transplant. So I'm on anti-rejection medication, which is an immune suppressant. I take, like, different ones. and. Yeah. And so, but I was, like, those cats were in Europe, man, and they, They like, were on the last day that you could travel from Europe home. So I'm sure they're exposed to it, but, um, Gary and 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 Lisa, they I guess had they were ill for a little bit, but um, yeah, they pulled through it. I know a buddy. I got a buddy in England, Jim. He went. He was in the hospital. I was texting him the other day, and uh, he's out of the hospital. He's back home. He's doing. He's doing better. He still feels a little under the weather, but he's doing fine. I just you know someone said that he on Instagram said that he had had this thing going on. So I sent him a text saying, hey. I hope you're feeling better here. I heard you got the VD. <laughs> nice. <laughs> get a but, shot. Clear that shit up. So, yeah, but it's like it's real. But, again, you don't want to be hysterical and panic and.
0: Exactly. Fear is big business, man. It is big business. If it bleeds, it leads, man. There you go. Very fucking true. And I I want I to wanted like piggyback off of that little topic in a little while once we get into oppressing the masses. But – um on uh, before we go into the band and stuff like that I just want to say I'm happy that you are, are you fully you fully recovered yeah so yeah you know,
2: fully recovered for me is probably about 90% of what I was before my whole illness yeah, yeah I got you got a, f- a full damage. liver transplant yeah yeah so my brother-in-law Kevin Rivero, my uh, Dana's brother he um he was a match so he donated they took 63% of his liver, removed mine completely, put his in me, and connected all the bile ducts and, and blood vessels and veins and all that crap. Um, and it grew in me. His grew back. He was, our surgery was March 26th of 2018. Excuse me. And um, he was back to work like late June. But wow. me, I was ill, so I had recovered. It took me six months to recover. Right. So it's like uh, in June, his liver grown back pretty much 100% after taking 63% of it, his right lobe. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing, it, man. It, it's incredible. It, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. The doctor, you know, the doctors at UCSF and other hospitals around the nation and the world that do this, it's like, uh, because not every hospital does it. I was in Sutter and they only you have to be on the list and hope someone dies and that you're in line and you get a liver, um, which it's kind of strange that they break the country up in different regions and doesn't matter if the population. Like our region is California, Nevada, Arizona. Well, that's a shit ton of people. Yeah. So there's other regions in the country in the middle that don't have as much of a population, but they give this transplant. Uh, the people in Tennessee that decide what livers go where organs right uh, each region gets the same amount wow so like even though california this region has like a massive population compared to others they still get the same amount of livers as that other region would
0: wow so when, when so- were you when were you diagnosed oh man it was uh, well like what made you like say like oh shit like there's something fucked up like
2: so i was honest that and drug for my cholesterol and right you have to go every six months to get your blood test right to check your enzymes and all that shit because of the drug <clears throat> i went in and i got uh, my blood work and i went to see my doctor as a normal checkup and my white platelet counts were low or my platelet counts were low not my white my platelet counts were low which is quite you know helps your blood coagulate yeah. like really low so then they did a CT scan on me and, you know, it came back that my liver was toast. And so it was this uh, its called alpha one antitrypsin is a protein that your body makes. And okay. so my body wasn't making it. And that protein cleans off your liver cells and your lung cells. So people that have COPD, it's just, they have the same thing. Really? It, but it's rare. It's rare, but it happens. It winds up in your liver. So that's what happened to me.
0: Wow, but there was no like pain or anything like all oh, like
2: I'm... no, there was no discomfort or anything. And then it's like after I was diagnosed, it took maybe three months, and I was like full blown symptoms where you wow. know, my muscles were being you know because you know your liver, it, you know your blood goes from your spleen to your liver, from your liver to your heart, and so your liver's cleaning all that. And then once it's dead, there's a lot of shit that can't get through it—proteins, sodium, yeah. stuff like that—and so It screeches out of this vein between your spleen and your liver as a fluid called the CITES, and it fills up your abdomen. And then that fluid builds up, and you have to have it removed. So I was having it removed every week. They were removing like 10 to 12 liters of this fluid out of my abdomen. Oh, my God, dude. What a fucking horror show. And your muscles start to atrophy because your liver, it's not getting any protein. So then it starts eating your, your body starts using your muscles as yeah. source
0: of protein. So, yeah. So the coronavirus can't touch you, man. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> I, mean, you make me, I mean, dude, I, and I, I went
2: through hell for three years and it's just, even in the hospital, you know, it's just like, what are you going to do? Sit here and fucking pout and be afraid. That's right. Like, Life's life, and this is what I was dealt, and you know, there's nothing I could do except what my doctors tell me to do. So there's yeah. no reason to fucking freak out and stress out over it. So yeah, that's part kind of the mindset I
0: have. Yeah, I mean that's great, and and you look great, and thanks. You, you, the band is back together, which yeah, is yeah, fucking incredible, dude. Like when I saw, I know that you guys did like another run from like 2001 to like yeah. for a little while. But then I was like, oh, and then uh, no one knew. I had no idea. And then I saw the things about your health and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, man, like, this really sucks. And then when I'm over, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so ho- yeah. hopefully you'll uh, you'll make another round into New York and I can catch it. Because you guys played St. Vitus two nights in a row, I believe, or one night. Brooklyn Bazaar. Brooklyn Bazaar. And for some reason, I don't know why, I think I had my daughter that weekend or something like that, but I couldn't fucking make it. And I'm like, so hopefully you guys will come back around and I'll be there. We
2: will. will. So we played, it was like, we played Friday and Saturday, the same night Slayer was playing Madison Square Garden Saturday. Yes. We still packed the place. It was like we were 10, I think it was 10 people short of a sellout.
0: But that's what Slayer's final show ever at the Garden. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible, dude. Like you, you can't sneeze at that. Yeah, because right,
2: it's like uh, it's. This is the thing. It's like there's nothing like the club scene, right? Where you go to a show and you see an Overkill or you see a Testament or a Death Angel or an Exodus at a good club with, and it's packed. Yeah, and you can I mean, you can go to all the big arena shows as you like and don't get me wrong i i go to them too because i want to see the big bands but there's nothing like that feeling
0: nothing like it i i grew up in brooklyn and i used to go to Lemoore's. or was my played there a couple times i think that was before i saw like in night i think my first show there i was like fourteen eighty nine, and it was anthrax but they went under a different name they went on this a band called they went on the Satan's Lounge band because that was the name of a song on a B side from like a 12 inch single from Europe or something. But I knew because I was a huge Anthrax fan. Awesome. But that was like on the State of Euphoria tour. And if they would have said Anthrax, there would have been a riot there at that club at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like Lamore's was my my club in Brooklyn. But um, you know I went from from Lamore's to all these spots all over New York City to CBGB. So I love that small hot intimate sweaty club shit yeah. you know there's something about an arena it takes away from it for me for some reason and i get it you know yeah metallica used to play lamos but you're not seeing metallica in a small place you know no. these big bands it, there's something about it takes away from it for me
2: you know Don't get me wrong. I love playing the, you know the festivals we played are awesome but a club it's like you're connected yeah, oh, absolutely. The, crowd, the band, it's, there's a connection that you can't get, you know, with a berry that's 10 foot from the
0: stage, you know? Right. With a whole bunch of bounces that don't know the music, they act like yeah. assholes. Yeah. 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 And that's like one thing that I always thought that was cool about your band and what you did is that a lot, let's put it this way, there was a, there was a lot of metal bands that singers would just, am I going to say rock star type? Maybe, but you, you'd be flipping and stage diving and throwing yourself all over the place, which I thought that was great because you were actually really legit connecting with the people. And I go to a lot of hardcore shows and that's what that's all about. So for a Bay Area thrash band like yourself and for you to be doing stuff like that, you're not like, yourself or you don't perceive yourself as being like up on a pedestal like a lot of like a lot of metal bands do and i'm sure you know that dude i'm just a dude that fucking plays music and that's and what's I, great about it you know it's
2: great it's it, and i'll be like watching bands just like everyone else i'll be out in the crowd you know we did the beer and metal fest hell i was out there watching carcass and in the crowd because i want to see the bands too it's like sure you know, and you know that's the thing. That's a that's always been kind of who we've been because we grew up we started our shows early in the Omni Omni had a barrier but not it was like maybe three feet from the stage but the Stone was our club and there's no barrier there and people were right up on us and there was right. stage diving and the security got it right and yeah and so that's kind of our whole vibe right we love that you know it's like if I can get a hold of you man I just that and it just makes it that much funner for me. Of you course,
0: know? man. In it's, fact so it's more like digging It is a bonus, you know, for me. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. You're connecting with the energy yeah. and people are screaming your lyrics and they're feeling yeah. it. It's a fucking beautiful thing that happens there. What's cool is if I forget a line, I, I just have to look at the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> just look at some fucking wacko over there in the front over there. That's great. Screaming them right back in my face. Oh, yeah, that's exactly That's right. it. That's it. That's <laughs> awesome. That I, heard, I heard a million things about, um, probably from this fucking silly VHS tape. Um, I think I, it was like one of the guys from like Heathen or something like that. Was so that I hear a lot of things about Ruthie's Inn. I know you guys played yeah. there a lot.
2: We like, played there. Vines played there a few times. I played there once, but I was there many a time seeing many a band.
0: Was there a barricade there? No, no. Okay, I heard that that's
2: like a legendary club over there, isn't it? It's is a legendary club, and I I was I lived in there with seeing Megadeth there, Slayer, Suicidal, Metallica, freaking Exodus, Death Angel, Possessed. I mean, the list is so on. sick! And it's like the ceiling, maybe maybe fifteen, maybe fourteen feet. It's not that high of a ceiling, and it's just that's a, even better. Yeah, and then like you're in a cave. And this, and this family that owned it, you know, there was like a square bar in the back. And it, they didn't, dude, they didn't card anybody. Oh, they were making money. If, ABC, oh, well, fuck if, yeah. if, if, if the alcohol and stuff bureau came in there, it'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like low hanging fruit, but never anyone, never once was that place ever busted.
0: Yeah, that's how Lamores was back in the day. It was like 16 yeah. to enter, but you needed a library card, if anything, to yeah. watch. That place, and you get the doubles and the triples. yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good old days, man. it's crazy. And the stage was probably about three feet off the ground, you know, the perfect, maybe maybe four, maybe three and a half, but you know, and when you went to Ruthie's man, you need and you got up close, you need to have your head on the swivel dude, because like, yeah, uh, people like Andy Anderson and Toby Rage and Paul Bailoff and these dudes. And you had to fucking pay attention because Toby would like run it. Cause you could imagine Slayer is packed and he would just run on top of people's heads. And oh, of, course, of course he's not with us anymore, but,
0: um, and neither and, is Paul rest of peace. Paul yeah, Bailey. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And Paul was just brutal in the pit. It's just like, and he was looking for people always like, Oh, posers, this pose. But Paul was like, if any, if I ever had to, if someone asked me, you know, so, you know, swear on a Bible. Who was the one that would have been the guy that said posers? Who would have been the first guy? I would be like, Paul fucking <laughs> 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 man, If you didn't look right, you're a target, especially if you're standing in the middle of the pit. You know, nice. or, or in the pit, he was so brutal and he's just like a sh- dude. I mean, what is he like five, seven, maybe five, six. And, but he was just like this bowling ball, kind of a Dude, man. And uh-huh. Was, so when you're at Ruthie's, man, and you're up front, you had to keep your head on a swivel for sure.
0: Yeah, because that, that stage was
2: perfect.
0: Perfect just to step perfect. up and stage dive. Sure. It's yeah. Yeah. the greatest. I like those low stages. Yeah. Rock, man. Heck, I saw Legacy
2: there, you know, before they were testament. Before they were testament. With, testament. With Zet And Yeah. I mean, I saw Violence there before I was in the band. No shit. Back in the... uh.
0: Shit! Before the demo, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck. So, so since 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 you just since I guess I'll just segue right into there since you just passed me the ball indirectly. So now, Perry Perry started the band, correct? Yeah, I
2: guess you could say that. I mean, it was like the Dublin, these Dublin guys. It's like the Tri Valley area and Phil and all those Chuck Billy and Ed Billy, Chuck's brother, and all those cats. Troy Fu and ever, they all lived in that area.
0: And the original name of the band wasn't even violence; it was Death Penalty, huh? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's like that weird. Yeah. yeah. So sure. Perry
2: but that was before yeah. I joined. You know, they were named Violence.
0: Yeah. And then, I mean, you obviously you were in the band, and then Zetro from from Exodus. I could I, I don't know my time my timeline exactly, but he was basically basically brought you guys out initially, no, to open up for them. Uh like well, the first supporting gigs for Exodus, maybe?
2: Well, I know, you know, because we've worked together with Paul. I mean not Paul and um Bill and so Dean and I and so we, we all work together. And so yeah if and and we had it was kind of trippy because it's like the Bay Area, that, that scene is like, oh, hey, we're going to play a show. You guys want to play? And it's like,
0: yeah, fuck yeah. And we didn't even go, so how much are you paying us? Right. <laughs> you know? no, so, yeah. like, I, I figured it wasn't like that, especially back then. Yeah.
2: So it's like, you know, and then you would book a show and say, OK, well, we haven't played with these guys in a while. Hey, why don't you guys come play with us? You know, it wasn't like this, So, yeah, it's like we all knew each other. And, yeah, there was no
0: booking agents involved
2: at that time. No, not at all. <laughs> right. not at all. Hell, you had to sell your own fucking tickets, man. Of like, course. Okay. You're gonna, you're gonna. Here's your money. And it's like tickets. Go sell them. <laughs> the money's for you. By right. the way, we 50% of it. <laughs> yeah, almost like pay-to-play shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And that's what you But, you, did, but yeah. you got, you guys initially. I mean, it was pretty quick before you guys got a crazy buzz around that whole Bay Area. Yeah, yeah,
2: because uh, you know our first show that I remember where we had a pretty good crowd. We played with Laws Rocket at the um at the on Broadway, which is above Mabuh- Mabuhay gardens, and um that was our first kind of good crowd where people were there for us too, not yeah. just long rocket and then um yeah after that we played you know uh, shit, I think we played the farm, which is a pump club, but i it, I don't remember who we played with, but I know it was a big bill, and we just got these opportunities, you know, yeah. And, you know, like we rehearsed in the same places and, you know, so it's like when you went to practice, there's these guys in Forbidden and, you know, Neurosis actually practiced across the hall from us. And um, and so you just get together and make these shows. And so then we got to a point where, hey, people are coming to see us. And like, but we don't even have a fucking demo out. So then, you know, we like I sold my Marshall's half stack and everything. We drummed up the money. We did the demo. Yeah. And, um, Troy Fu was on that demo. And then, um, you know, we s- just started making them and handing them out, you know, buying tapes and recording them. You know, you had the, you had the beatbox with the two fucking just Of course. You
0: know? That's how we did it. Dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Like,
2: we did the demos out. and Then, you know, we made friends with the naties, you know, natie wireless microphones. Uh, they owned the stone and the Omni. Okay. So, uh, we were able to, have a relationship with them and then anyone that was coming through they because we drew on our own so they would put us on the bill so we got to play creator gbh and a lot of brands that were touring that were just coming through and that helped build our our fan base you know were you like into the punk scene at all yeah i mean i i like
0: gbh is probably my favorite okay you uh, Early hardcore stuff because I got that vibe from you. I could be completely wrong, but yeah, no, I, I like
2: the hard shit, dude. I mean, I, I, was, uh, I was i was into Ozzy and Black Sabbath and this and all that shit. Everyone dude, is, of course. You know? Exactly. And then, and then, you know, got into the Slayer, uh, Show No Mercy was like my first real experience. Metallica I had, but then, you know, Show No Mercy is like insane compared. I mean, they're fast album, kill all is, but. And so yeah. then, uh, yeah, that evolves into, okay, what else is out there? And, you know, Celtic Cross, and then you're listening to GBH, and I'm listening to GBH, you know, city baby, city baby, city baby, take my rats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Shit like that. course,
0: Right. We were talking about GBH. Yeah, so
2: GBH, you know, and then we got, I got into Fear, and then, um, Dean used to listen to Dead Kennedys a lot, so, you know, got into that, and, uh, and, um, uh, Sex Pistols, and then we actually uh, played with uh, when we did the Boy Voivod tour, we played with the chrome mags in Montreal and stuff, so I got, got to meet the guys, and, you know, so knowing that we were playing, going to be playing with this band, I'm always, like, checking shit out, so and then we yeah. started listening to their music, and that's how I got into them, you know, and Yeah, uh, they still play. They still yeah. play. Uh, yeah. Well, there's as two as different the versions album, of it,
0: but yeah. yeah, and sick of it all, one oh, was sick think of it all a lot. One of, my, one of my all-time favorite bands. I had a bunch yeah, of guys on the podcast before. Great guys. They're fucking killer. Yeah, man. Still, they're 35 so, years strong. Putting it out, yeah. Yeah, man. Crazy. Uh, they're like a well-oiled machine. It's nuts, man. Great guys, too. And they all have, they have solid shit like crazy. Constant, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. man. Good shit. I love all that stuff. But I, I grew up as a metalhead, you know what I mean? Sure. I had a older sister who, you know, she used to listen to all the hair metal in the mid-80s and stuff <laughs> like that. And So I was, like, surrounded by all—I mean, I know all about hair metal, too. It's ridiculous. But then, like, I wound up finding, you know, the old Metallicas and the Exodus and you guys and stuff like that. So then I branched off, and then I got into the hardcore thing at LeMores. I accidentally saw a band called Leeway when— I went to go see Suicidal on the Lights Camera Revolution tour. And Leeway was a local New York band. I heard of them. I never heard a note, though. But it was White Zombie, then Leeway, and then Suicidal. And they came on. I was blown away. So that's what kind of brought me into the hardcore thing, too. But always, I mean, always still listen to metal. Always loved it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The
2: cool thing about metal, dude, is metal's just not a fad, right?
0: No, absolutely not.
2: That you still listen to Black Sabbath from fucking '69, and of Jesus course,
0: the first Sabbath record turned fifty years old this this year. Yeah, yeah. and I will listen and to, to so it. Brilliant.
2: Yeah, It's timeless. That's the thing I love about metal. You know, it's like of course, it's there. It's better. It's like lasting. People are metal heads. Period.
0: Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Awesome. So now, as you were saying, you went to, um, you know, you practiced him with all the forbidden guys, and then, and then eventually, I mean, you were signed to Mechanic, and then eventually that (laughs) it's, it's a funny because of of several months back, um, I was watching uh, the Blood and Dirt DVD again, and I kind, it kind of refreshed my memory because Eternal Nightmare was released initially on Mechanic, right? Yes. And then Oppressing the Masses was pretty much written. And you handed it to hey. them. It was written, right? And submitted. And submitted, but then I'll let you tell this part. What did they tell you? What did they want you to do? And what's the significance of this tuxedo thing, man? So Steve Sinclair,
2: because, you know, he had MCA as his distributor. So he's holds to them. Plus, you know, he has other bands. And... Um, and King's X, some other bands. And, uh, you know, we're obviously not anything like any of that. No. But we had this, we wanted this Bay Area thrash metal band, and he got one. And he didn't know what to do with it <laughs> because it's like he's trying to be like a satisfied distributor and, and still be like this, you know, guy from Soho or whatever, like fucking uh-huh. cool dude. <laughs> it's just like, well, you know i want you guys to do this and you know the silver tuxedos and that's just like well that, that's like hasn't that been done i mean didn't kiss wear tuxedos or something like that that's yeah like, like on an
0: album cover but not on stage yeah. like
2: did he expect you to go no, and- he wanted
0: to do a photo shoot with that for the album
2: oh God. yeah no he wouldn't no he i don't i think he would he he's seen us so he knows that that probably wouldn't fly but no. <laughs> he wants that wouldn't fly, right? We're like, what are you fucking nuts? And then um yeah, we submitted everything to him and then he calls me, I'm at home and uh he wants to go over the lyrics. Well, you know, they are not grammatically correct and you know, and this and that, and we want people to understand that da 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 and it's like oh he's also you know, I rewrote I I you know I took liberty of writing helping you write some of the stuff and I'm all, oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Your lyrics aren't grammatically correct.
2: Yeah. And That's... so it's like, yeah, we had other, uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, okay, well, I'm not sure what you mean by that. I mean, they're lyrics. It's like, I'm not writing a story. It's like, you know. Right. It's not a Yeah. And so. <laughs> he starts reading off lyrics and I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. Oh yeah. I can see where you're going with that. But yeah. You know, you know, for me, lyrics are important. I mean, yeah. When I went and tried out for violence, I fucking rewrote their lyrics. The <laughs> whole, everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I did three songs. And so that I wrote eternal nightmare. And I, it might've been killing command and some other stuff, but yeah, i went in there with my own lyrics, which was, obviously stepping on someone's dick
0: because i don't know
2: who wrote the lyrics but they were horrible
0: (laughs) right Well, well, you're the one that's got you are the one that has to it has to sing them and yell them and shit so you got to feel it
2: so yeah when he's he's going through all this shit i was like oh okay cool and then we hung up and i called debbie and she's like what (laughs) she plugged all them that was kind of the end of that
0: oh shit so you so you cut ties with mechanic and then enter johnny z no yeah, mega, mega uh, Force. Mega Force. Yeah, but which it's a t- great
2: t- deal. And then we, you know, young, stupid knuckleheads, we fired our manager, which she's the one that got us the deal. Everything Debbie on her. Yeah, and everything hinged on Debbie. And it was just like, we were so stupid that we fired her. And we were in the <laughs> middle of recording "Oppressing the masses when we did. So, um, yeah, that didn't uh, go over well with Johnny and staff. Oh, uh,
0: my God. So now, now, so, so you, so there was. Correct me if I'm wrong, obviously, but there wasn't like an extensive "Oppressing the Masses" tour, was there?
2: No, we just toured here, and they kind of gave, They were just like, "Yeah, fuck you guys," you know. You know, Johnny wanted me to re-record the lyric for vocals. I can't understand what you're saying. You need, and it's just like, well, you know, I mean, I am who you signed. I mean, you came and saw us. It's like, yeah, our first album. It's not like there's anything hidden out there, you know. you know, we're not, you know, like, anthrax or anything like that, dude. We're, like, hardcore. I mean, I am. The music yeah. still writes great riffs, and, you know, it's like, even if I went back and tried to re-record something, it still would sound the same.
0: Right. It's yeah. you. Yeah, without a doubt. So you you guys didn't go to Europe or anything on that, huh? No, no
2: never. And then, and then, you know, nothing to gain. We were ready to record that, and then, you know, obviously the grunge thing was happening, and they were putting Ugh. a lot of pressure on us, and so um, there's good songs on there. I think that uh, we just needed to work with Alex and not Michael. Rosen. Yes. Oh, that, Alex, there's great
0: songs on it, but it's definitely a break from yeah. what you been doing. But and that was our
2: mistake, because Alex would have probably, I know Alex would have brought a lot more out of me and the band. He probably would have sped some of the shit up and done some, because you know he he gets it and yeah, you know, big shit. Yeah, a lot of the New York bands, you know, S.O.D. and Anthrax and you know Testament, and I think he worked with Testament too. But it's just like, uh, yeah, I think he did. um uh, we, had we had a lot of, lot of pressure. On top, not- top of my head, I know he did practice what you preach. And we had a lot of pressure not to use Alex, you know, because really he, he was part of impressing the, the masses, and he was just like, you know, I'm not. They're not gonna. It's not gonna change anything, you know. If he does the vocals over again. And, Right. Yeah. And so <laughs> then that left a bad taste in the label's mouth. So, yeah. so then it was like, what well, we might goal We we could have chose Alex. You know, I talked to Alex too before, but um, yeah, that that record we were like, that's why I kind of left, you know, because it was just that whole industry
0: then is not what it is today. Yeah. Oh no, without a doubt. But now, yeah. in be- now actually, in between oppressing the masses and nothing to gain, well, nothing to gain. The title is basically a stab at the record industry, isn't it? Hmm. most
1: much. part. Yeah.
0: yeah, pretty much. But now, in between, there was torture tactics.
2: Yeah, and torture tactics was on on oppressing the masses,
0: and then it was taken off. Right, but it now that song, off. you had you yeah. had a lot of bullshit about that song with censorship nonsense and all that shit.
2: Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, uh, Atlantic had. Was that two live crew? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, we stand up for freedom of
0: speech. And, by the way, fuck violence. <laughs> yeah. it's so crazy. It's like the metal band's getting the shit under the stick on that whole deal. Oh,
2: we did, dude. We got, yeah. We got, yeah. And that's where I was just like, fuck, man, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucked yeah. up, man. And then you go from that to nothing to gain and all the pressure. And then we're in the studio and just, we know that it, it right. Cause it ain't, it's not us. And we knew it. And it was just like, so it created a lot of tension too. Yeah. A,
0: and that's, that's when you weren't on Megaforce anymore. Who was it? What was that record label? It was, uh, um, I think they just cut it loose and then Phil bleeding hearts records. A,
2: bleeding, yeah. Phil was able to strike a deal with bleeding heart to get it out. Was that like an
0: independent or something like that? Yeah, I think they're from somewhere in Europe. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah cause I, I, I've never heard of them before except for that record, so I had no yeah, idea. Was, what- was
2: in the band when Phil got that arranged. Oh, okay. Because I was just like, you know, I'm fuck this. I got better shit to do. <laughs> right. Well, now <that> also, <laughs> the, the, the Perry left and then you left, right? Yeah, so Rob left to do his machine head, and then uh, Perry left, and then uh, which, you know, didn't wasn't an issue for us. It's like, okay, whatever. And we got Mark. Right Hernandez. And yeah. um he's a killer drummer. And we played some shows with Mark and it was great. But you know, and then uh we wrote Phil and I were writing um we were writing before I decided, you know, I'm just not gonna do this because 'cause I'm not happy and I need to make money. Huh? You know. Yeah. Of I, wanna, I wanna have fucking cash in my pocket and this yeah. ain't getting it so So, but we wrote uh we wrote um you know uh breed like rats and again and shooter and um i forget the name of this not what they named that other song but i wrote the lyrics for that ray and i kind of put that together but um and we did a demo it's like the 93 demo or you can find it it on youtube and it's me singing over those
0: torque songs Yeah fuck and then Do you listen to that demo i ha- i have i absolutely have i i actually looked fairly recently and there's all of those demos everything is on youtube mhm everything
2: yeah. you can those even you can even my see
0: favorites. those are some of my favorite recordings you know yo man it's like i've i've been like i said and it sounds like I'm being a brown nose but i've been a fan of like all of your stuff and but now you guys the last show was in december of 93 right Mm -hmm. and then there was nothing nothing for like almost nine years i think because then there was the benefit what was it called the thrash of the titans benefit something like Uh, that yeah thrash of the titans and that was in 2001 yeah and then obviously i wasn't there because it's a different coast and everything but Word around the campfire is that basically you guys stole the fucking show. Well, we hadn't
2: played in nine years, and I was actually at work, and Phil called me saying, "Hey, you know, Chuck's got this thing, and you know, Walter Morgan's trying to put together the show, and do asked us if we wanted to play." I said, "Oh, fuck yeah!" You know, I, there wasn't even a thought about it. It was like, "Yeah." So then we played it, and uh, dude, there was people from all over the world there. It was past, I'm sure it was about three thousand people. And, um, we actually played after Anthrax. Oh, awesome! Before Legacy.
0: And uh, well, that was well, 2001. Was Joey Belladonna even in the band or no?
2: I don't think he was. I think it was uh, John Bush or something. I that know. Anthrax doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. That so, so, doesn't
0: count to me. Yeah.
2: So then, um, uh, yeah. So we played, and it was just like I mean, it's it was it was awesome. It was just a great vibe, you know. Did and it keep- was. We Did that give you the itch back? Song. It gave you the itch back? gave it us the itch. And so we booked. So Phil and I were like, well, maybe we should book a show and see what happens. So we booked Slims, which unfortunately closed recently for good, apparently. All right. So we played Slims and it sold out. And uh, then we got a chance to go out and do some shows with um, Overkill and Excel, some West Coast shows. Yeah. And, uh, which was cool because we played the Palace in LA, and uh, it was packed house, and the security was all fucking being a bunch of roided out dickheads. So uh uh-huh. Up kids, and I stopped and started talking shit to them, and then they shut us off. And they tried to close these big fucking curtains, and the crowd got a hold of them and fucking ripped them down. <laughs> awesome. There's a video. There's a video there? of it out there. I don't, I don't know how to find it, but I've seen it, you know.
0: Uh, I'll 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 hunt it down, and if I yeah. find it, I'll send you the link to it. It's a palace
2: it. in Hollywood. Yeah. Nice. It's overkill, te- uh, overkill violence and
0: Excel. Well, there was that other. I mean, way back there was that other riot. What was that place called? That was the, uh, Centennial Hall. Centennial Hall, was. which was the whole shit show. In and of us, nothing yeah. like a nice metal show riot.
2: <laughs> it was us and Death Angel. and It's like Centennial Hall is like a city building. It's like why do <laughs> even have fucking metal shows here? But it was a great place to play. And, yeah, someone was blowing up toilets. And so, uh, blowing up toilets? M80s in a toilet bowl? Yeah, and, you know, it was a city-owned building. So whoever the staff was called the cops, and they came and just said, oh, we ain't going in there without a full bucket force, you know? So they shut <laughs> oh, down. We're throwing big planters through. the Like, there's a Bank of America right next to it. They threw them through the windows. And uh, got, yeah, it was crazy.
0: What a shit
1: show. Yeah.
2: But uh, uh, then, then cool. after that little overkill then we got the chance to go out with Testament. When Chuck was better. We went out with Testament and over, and uh, Rob Halford did some some uh, uh, um, House of Blues shows in Vegas right. and around. Yeah, and yeah So the, So Phil
0: time. Phil was still in the band at this time. He was.
2: Yeah. We were. And then shortly writing. after, we were writing. Dude, we had like three songs. We were we were writing to put out an album. And then Rob. Asked him to join Machine Head, and he did. Right. And I told Phil, you know, I'm not like. I mean, I like to have fun and and play music, but I'm not. You know, Phil's a musician. That's what he does. That's his thing. Yeah. You know, I have a good job, a career, actually. So. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, did you? I mean, you should do what you want to do. You know, that's what is. You know, if that's what you want to do, I totally support you
0: 100%. So. Right, and, he and, then you guys, and you did a final show though, didn't you? You did like one yeah. final at the time a final show with Rob and yeah. Phil. Yeah, with Rob and Phil and Troy who was on stage, our
2: original guitar player. Nice. And uh, yeah, we actually played. Uh, Fuck Peace was one of our songs that we've written. We played that that night.
0: No shit. And then so there was the
2: blood and dirt. <laughs> at the end of Blood and Dirt. I think there's some clips of it.
0: Yes, I believe so. And there was another solo that you guys did. It was uh, something. Desecration uh, of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So now, those have never been technically released, have they?
2: No, we are recorded just at that 420 fest because we were, we wrote them and then we're like, well, let's play them.
0: Well, now. Now th- then, obviously, violence is done. And then you get diagnosed and you're sick and thank God you're better. And now violence is back with Phil, Bobby from Overkill and the rest of the classic lineup.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Are you going to re-release those songs maybe? Because you are writing new material, correct? We are.
1: So we
2: have have two songs that were uh, the uh, first song we're pretty much done with obviously there needs to be put some leads and little connecting pieces and the fine tuning and whatnot but and then the second song uh i just actually i'll be writing my the bridge to it uh here and once we're done i have it we were we practiced last night so i leave my recorder going all the time my little zoom 24 here and i have a a room mic so it picks up everything but it's just bill and perry and i and um so I'll write that bridge and then I'll have all that done. And there's just some pieces and parts to put together, some leads. And then I have lyrics for a third song that I need to do uh kind of a cappella with Phil at the studio. Cause he, he it, we typically have his music and then I write to it, but I had this going through my head, so I wrote these lyrics down. I have a pattern and I just need to go and show it to him and that'll be uh, should we should be able to work that into a third song and then uh you know our deal is for five songs with with metal blade okay, okay. i'd like to get fuck piece in there but i gotta i don't remember the lyrics and i don't know that i have them anywhere written down so i'd have to totally redo it and i have to kind of listen to it a few times yeah but yeah we're kind of like moving forward right because he and i have like i've written lyrics and forever So it's like now it's just like I got all this in my brain, shit coming out. He's got music that you know he wanted that he'd been writing. Plus, when he writes music, he writes violence music. It's a mindset, right? It's not like because he writes other shit too, and uh, you know he wrote for Machine Head, obviously. And but it's like violence music is in Phil's mind is like its own thing, and so yeah, he has to be in that kind of mindset so right now uh, going back looking back it's probably not something we want to do we just want to keep pumping out what we have in our heads because we've got a lot of shit
0: up in there yeah it makes sense and it's been going great too yeah and it's yeah. like and, and earlier i was saying what i wanted to touch on when we get to oppressing the masses is like a lot of your lyrical content obviously you write all the lyrics correct yeah yeah so yeah. so it's like, like the song, it's like perfect. I was, I was actually reading the lyrics to my girlfriend last night. It was like, I was reading the lyrics to I profit. And it's like, it's still 100% relevant to this day that as it was in 1990. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, so it's, it's, so you guys, I mean, you guys, obviously you never, you know, wrote songs about slaying dragons and fucking no. Viking ships and yeah. shit. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like real shit. You know, which which is which is also why it connects to me as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are you gonna are you guys looking to obvi- obviously it's probably a stupid question, but go towards that direction with this new stuff. I mean, current type of shit, not necessarily political, but just the like over
1: yeah. real no, shit. So
2: no, we're not so we're not political, you know, we don't want to. No, political. I I know that. That was a terrible so word. It's like, it's not bad. What we write. Like, when I'm writing lyrics now, like, when I write Eternal Nightmare, you know, like, Eternal Nightmare was one of the first songs I wrote lyrics to. Um, With a friend of mine, she kind of, she didn't write any of it, but she was there for me to bounce shit off of. And then when she had an idea, she was there for me to tell no, (laughs) to. And that was Audrey. But um, And then I would just find topics to sing about and write lyrics about and stuff. And so these... And that evolved into, like, you know, oppressing the masses with liquid courage and where um, there was more. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm always trying to, like, try to paint a picture in your mind, you know, when I'm writing lyrics. It's sure. like, uh, you know, I don't want you to read lyrics and go, oh, yeah, like you said, Viking slayed the dragon. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes. exactly. I'm out. Like, once, once you start thinking
0: yeah. about that, I'm out.
2: But, you know, like serial killer specific and kill on command is specific. And so the lyrics I write now, uh, it, like with Oppressing the masses, is Liquid Courage. You know, it's like I'm trying to I try to take people that because not everyone reads the lyrics and knows them. They just listen to music. And go, Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? no. So
0: I, I'm, I'm, like, a, I'm a lyrics person.
2: Yeah. Same here. So it's like when people read the lyrics. You know, I want them to like feel like they're in this scene, you know, and that's what liquid curves. That's what I was trying to create was this scene where you're in it and you're going through this. And as what whether you're the alcoholic that's beating his wife or you're the wife that's getting beaten. It's like I just want to paint this picture that you can put your mind into, you know, close your eyes and like you're somewhere. Sure, And a lot of people can relate to that somewhere in
0: their family, most likely.
2: Yeah. And so it's like, so, um, the and then if you go to the 93 demo with, uh, again, and Shooter and uh, Breed Like Rats, Breed Like Rats is pretty specific, but, um, again, like, that song, I'm trying to paint a picture, there's really no subject, like, like uh, engulfed by flames has a subject, right? Right. Where, again, it's really not a subject, it's more of a mindset and um, trying to paint this haunting picture that, you know, that when you read it, you're, like, in it, but it's, like, abstract at the same time. Sure. And so, you know, the uh, it, it, if you read those lyrics to Shooter and Again, you kind of get that idea. And so that's kind of where I've evolved to. And the lyrics I'm now, it's like I'm trying to just um, get this word salad where it's like you're in it and you get it, And then there's parts where maybe you have to think a little bit more about, you know, what is he trying, what's that message he's trying to say there? Because he's trying to say something, but what is it, you know? Right. You like, you know, because, you know, as a human being, you evolve. And so your mind evolves and how you see shit. So, um, yeah. So I've got two songs written and
0: um, I think people dig them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And and, and I know it's, so you, you inked the deal with, with Metal Blade? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I you know, saw that post, and that was, yeah, good shit. And,
2: and so, who, who, who else would we be with, right? It's like they were there from the beginning. Yeah, nobody. You know? who, who else would you sign yeah, with? They, I mean, Nuclear Blast, we talked to them. But Phil and I, we talked. It's like, uh, oh, we don't want to go out and like have this label war. And Brian's here. They're in, you know, they're close. and. They've been in it since the day one, and he's been there since day one. He's sure. still there, you know. And that's kind of like he's a great guy. Came to see us at the Psycho Fest. Um, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but Phil talked to him, and you know, I trust Phil. He's like the brother. And you know, it's like, yeah, I want that vibe. I don't want the competitive weird shit. I just want a, people that go, hey, you know, we want you guys to to sell some cash to record it and give. What you got? I mean, yeah. there's no real agreements. Like maybe three pages or two pages. It's <laughs> not- like it's not this book that I have to hire a fucking lawyer, you know, to analyze right. and tell what the hell's in there. Yeah. I say, well, you're good, or well, you're not.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't need all that nonsense. You don't yeah, need that. Kind of what we got
2: with these cats, man. It's like uh, it's like
0: uh, it's great. We're we're like on the same page. Good shit. Any working titles? Oh no. Nah, I can't give that up. Okay, I, I figured it's was. I Listen, I ran it up the flagpole, maybe, you know. Yeah. I got time.
2: So I, I did a, a Facebook Live uh, Saturday before practice, and I put out the first verse of uh, one of the
0: songs. Oh, I got to go back and look. Yeah, I got to check it out. I got to go, definitely go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome, dude. Um, So do you have any idea when it will be – well, is there a tentative, like, release date? Do you have, like, any kind of deadlines or anything like that? or No, no.
2: no. And that's the Beautiful. Thing too. We don't have a deadline. And, you know, they're just like, hey, give us five new songs. So, you know, we're on song two. Like I said, I got lyrics for song three. Phil's got, he's a riff machine. You know? Sure. So it's about, like, he and I, when we're, when we're in the studio doing this stuff, it's like he plays a riff, and it's like, oh, yeah, I like that. But maybe this little tweak or this break we should do like that. It's like it's very collaborative. You know, I don't. I play guitar, but I can. I'm not writing riffs like Philly. I did write a riff of the mentally afflicted. That that song. That's my riff. Oh Oh man! Oh man! Oh no shit! Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I I have written a riff. <laughs> awesome. But it's more about you know he 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 just just has he's able to put riffs together like I'm able to write lyrics, right? And we get each other and it's just like then when we start putting stuff together, I send the lyrics today, you know, and he always comments, yes, yeah, comments and it's just like, okay, cool, yeah, that's a good comment, I missed that, or, you know. Or no, you know, uh, I get your comment, but I'm trying to create this image and this, me- this mess. I've said the same word more than once. <laughs> 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 just like that. And so, I want the studio writing. It's just like we're back and forth. But, like I said, I don't write the wrist, but I get the structures. And so sure. that's where we kind of gel on that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. Fun, I'm looking, man.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And I know a lot of people are looking forward to it, man.
2: Yeah, we know that, dude. And so, you know, we're not going to, you know, that's what we talked about. You know, we don't want to be letting anymore. One down, we want to put this out. This five songs album be what everyone expects, and more than that, you know.
0: Yeah, we know yeah. big expectation, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's it's a very but big
2: pressure like expectation. It's we're like, oh hey, Grunge is out, you need to sound more like this. You know, it's like, fuck off, okay, people are expecting this, dude, and we need to fucking kill their brains and beyond. you
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Well, good shit, man. Well, listen, yeah. I appreciate you, man. And um, I, well, I'll just say that everybody could. I mean, where could they find you and the band on Instagram? You, basically, you just write violence. It's a fi- It's violence official band on Instagram. You're Sean Killian. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a, a violence uh, official period,
2: page. Uh, period Killian. Yes. Um, uh, is I think I'm just on Facebook as myself. I don't. know, I think I got like two or three Facebook pages.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, You're just more Sean on- Killian on there. Violence yeah. official page is the is the fan page on Facebook. No Twitter yeah. or anything like that right now. No, I think
2: still Twitter's. I don't do Twitter. Yeah, I mean, don't have a- I'm on there, but I'm 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 on there, but
0: I'm not on there. It's like whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I very rarely do it, but if I mean, if you're listening to the audio version, people, um, just go to. The Brooklyn Blast Furnace on Instagram. If you hit the link in that bio, that'll send you to a spot where you can find every platform, every social media thing, everything where you can find the podcast. But um, yeah, dude, this was fucking great, man. And I appreciate your time. And I'm glad that you're better. I'm glad that you're all healed up. I'm glad that everyone is back together. And like I said before, there's a lot of people, including myself, that are really looking forward to this new violence material, man.
2: Yeah, me too. And you know, there's shows like it's abroad that you know Dean can't make because of his job and his commitment to his family and shit. So only sure. two shows he can't be at. Christian Old Wolbers will be playing with us. who was in uh, Fear Factory and he's yeah. done a lot of shit. And he's a really cool guy too. He's just it's, the cool thing is Bobby fits right in with us. Christian fits right in with us. You know, Dean's there uh, when he can be there and it's, we're just having a good time. is the best part. You know?
0: That's the whole. That that at the yeah. end of the day, that's what matters, man. Yeah. That's what matters. You gotta have a good time doing shit that you like, or else, what's the fucking point? Exactly. And it that's turns into something that you don't enjoy no more, and it feels like a job and there's pressure. Who yeah. wants to deal with that shit? Yeah. You know, do I same. do this because I enjoy it. It's <laughs> not my job. I do it because I enjoy it. When I feel like it starts becoming a job or I'm pressured to do it, I won't do it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know. do man cool man well listen stay healthy we'll keep in touch with friends and whatnot i got you so i'll let you know when i'm about to post it if you repost it on the violence page your page whatever i appreciate whatever you do yes we will awesome man i appreciate no thank you sean and i'll definitely be in touch soon excellent all right you too buddy adios adios